0: Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of Soundtracks on the Sticks uh, here on the Night of the Living Geeks podcast network. Yes, you did hear that right. Uh, as of this episode, officially, we have joined the NLTLG family. i um, very thankful to John and to the rest of the team there for allowing us to kind of get on onto this piece of action and you know expand our audience a little bit more so much appreciated in that regard uh with me as per usual uh my main co-host jordan young jordan how's your afternoon been treating you? quarantined well that that sounds about right for the times in which we're living in uh the world has been getting weirder and weirder over the past week as of this time of the recording which is on uh, March 16th for Boston 316 Day to a lot of people who are into the professional wrestling professional spectrum wrestling. of things. Yep. Which, it's kind of funny how it works out into what we're going to be talking about here. Uh, but before we go any further in that regard, uh, we felt that this was a topic big enough that we needed a third chair uh, to come along with us on this ride. As uh, a longtime f- friend of mine, uh, and who's done his fair share of podcasting as well on the pro wrestling spectrum. Uh, Corey Thomas. Corey, how have you been, man?
2: I've been good, man. I've been uh, not sick. Uh not catching this this bubonic plague that's going around, you know? Uh, can't complain. Can't complain at all.
1: But yeah, uh, definitely, ideally nobody out there is catching it, or if you did, that you're quarantined, hopefully things will go well. But... Uh, but in this particular episode, we are tackling uh, something that we would have to go back all the way into 2003 to talk about. Uh, a game that was once supposed to be WCW Mayhem 2 if uh, WCW hadn't fallen through the wayside of things. But uh, Def Jam Vendetta, which. Uh, talk about memories right there and then uh, during that summer of 2003 and, you know, seeing the commercials for that coming out and just the wild idea of a pro wrestling game and hip-hop coming together. Um, Under normal circumstances, it just seems like something that wouldn't work, and yet, it did. So, I'll I'll just open the floor to what you guys were thinking of at that particular juncture in time, because we were definitely in our teens at that point. uh, And just something new, something
0: it's, unexpected. It's 2003, so 2003 is notable for me personally, WrestleMania 19, my favorite WrestleMania. And also, 50 Cent uh, released Get Rich, Die Trying, which at the time, being a 15-year-old, was like the coolest album out. And if you would have told me that they were going to take pro wrestling, like uh, with an engine that is reminiscent of the N64 games, and mash it with, like, the current rap at the time, I would have said, there's this new thing called Zanga, or Zanga, and people write fan fiction. That's what, you know, like, that's what I thought it would be. Because you could not be in two further separated universes. Yet, I see the commercial for this game, Death Jam Vendetta, and I'm just like... What is... That's a joke. I didn't even believe the game was real. I really thought it was like a propaganda ad or like, you know, like, Method Man and Red Band were trying to... Because remember WWF Aggression? It was like a rap album with the rest theme songs remixed. I figured it was going to be like another one of those. I thought it was just promotion for something else like that. Lo and behold, it was a official video game. Who would have thunk it?
2: Not made honestly. Um, with I, I kind of saw this coming, but the reason I kind of saw this coming is at the time, um, first off, uh, Red Man and Method Man's movie How High had come out around 2001, and we had uh, the and One mixtape tour. Coming around, I think a year before that, uh, there was NBA Street Volume. Yes,
0: NBA Street. There was NBA Street,
2: also by EA EA Canada, right? So basically, like, basically like around two thousand, like around the turn of the millennium, like a lot of hip hop is becoming ingrained into like pop culture. It's like like an injection, you know, like there's becoming an appreciation for uh, for the Wu Tang Clan like, more and more, and, uh, DMX has come out, and, um, I think It's Dark and Hell's Hot just dropped. Ludacris is on the scene with, uh, Back Again for the first time. I don't think, uh, I don't think his other, I don't think his second album dropped yet at the time, but basically what I'm trying to say is, like, a lot of, like, burgeoning hip-hop artists are being more and more well-known, And hip-hop in general is just becoming more well-known around this time. So it wasn't really a surprise that, like, instead, because WCW folded Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and EA Sports didn't get to make this, um... Aki... Aki... Mm Aki...
1: Aki... Yeah, Aki Corporation. It's Aki, Aki. Aki. Aki, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because... (laughs) (laughs) Because...
2: Um, they didn't get to make this wcw mayhem game and this all you know ties back I'm not really surprised at this like okay well we made NBA street right what if we took a bunch of rappers and had them fight in this what's basically a urban flavored the fast and the furious rip-off plot <laughs> mm-hmm. and I guess uh, that's how we went
0: do you guys like if there's one thing about pro wrestling that we all know it's that if you can establish a simple saying with as little words as possible and make everybody say it, you're golden. And in 2003, I may be wrong, but you guys remember this better than I, everything was what? Pump, pump, pump it up? The Joe Budden single? Pump, yeah. so, pump it up. Yeah, exactly. See, it's like, boom, auto recollection. Which is funny because Def Jam Vendetta is how I even knew uh, Mr. Button existed. I actually joke used to joke with my friends that Joe Budden is the first rapper to be discovered or get popular thanks to a video game, something that he would probably call nerdy, which I always find interesting. No disrespect to the man, but let's actually, be honest
2: here. I mean, in fairness, he literally tweeted about that the other day.
0: Yeah. Did he?
2: <laughs> he tweeted That's about a tre- how, that. Like...
0: that, that that's incredible because I am legitimately not on Twitter, so I I wouldn't know. Yeah, but I think you've got it us was
2: that. It was, he either tweeted about it the other day or I read it in, like, an interview where he was basically like, yeah, that video game is a, lot, was a reason a lot of, like, white folks know that I even exist. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, well, man, you ain't wrong. Yeah. Right, like,
0: and that's, a uh, quick aside, this is the power of the internet. Those thoughts that would go through your head are like those little in-jokes with you and your friends. You find out that, mm, oh, you're not that crazy after all. There's a boatload of people probably thinking the exact same thing. But even then, look, if you could have interconnected the entirety of the planet at the time, I still would not have expected a game like Def Jam Vendetta to ever be made.
1: Yeah, like, and... It's What? what? It's, you want to
0: do what with the what and the who and the
1: what? Yeah, it's one of those things because prior to Vendetta, just from research purposes, uh, they did try a couple of different things in terms of uh, blemishing, you know, putting together hip-hop culture and video games, which you had uh, back in, I think, 95, 96. You had Rap Jam Volume 1, which did have, you know, guys like LL Cool J and Flavor Flav and some other rappers that were part of it in that basketball game but the graphics didn't really make them all that distinguishable to begin with and the gameplay wasn't anything to write home about so people didn't really kind of take to it and then you also had a couple of years later Wu-Tang Clan uh, Shaolin style which was definitely Mm. branded in that regard but you also didn't have uh, it was still more so like on the gameplay spectrum of things it wasn't Uh, A lot of what was desired even though they did tackle the concept of you know four people fighting simultaneously on the same screen which was fairly big at the time given that not a lot of trial and error with that but then uh to kind of touch on Corey's point really the early 2000s was that point where you started to see hip-hop kind of integrate into different soundtracks so like Madden for example was starting to get a couple of songs that uh, they were being licensed uh Tony Hawk's pro skater as well as another big example of that Um, I think even like Jermaine Dupri appeared in one of like the Knockout Kings games back when EA was still doing that portion of the uh, boxing series yeah it was something like that somebody else yeah I can't remember who off the top of my head but I know that and I know NBA as you mentioned Corey Redman did have an appearance on that in NBA 2K1 so uh, the engagement was there. There was just not really a video game that was specifically not only showcasing hip-hop artists, but hip-hop culture, which for everybody involved, it's not just the music itself. It's the fashion. It's the slang. It's pretty much... It's a subgenre in and of itself. and Yeah. Def, and you know, Def Jam Vendetta really was that first introduction we had to something like that, which is... Again, it's mind-blowing to think about it now, given where we are in 2020, but back then, uh, with everything blowing up the way that it did, this was just another uh, way of doing so, and Def Jam was, at the time, Def Jam was the label, if anything, and I'm sure for, for anybody else out there who remembers that time, I'm sure that comes to mind as well, too, alongside you know, 50 blowing Mm -hmm. up at the same time and things like that. Uh, I also do find it interesting in a way, though, that one of the created characters for it in D Mob, which was voiced by Christopher Judge, that, you know, 16 years later, we'd have the same guy voicing Kratos and possibly the greatest, you know, acting we've seen in gaming, you know, that particular decade. So, random aside, but, I mean, for you guys specifically, just thinking about Def Jam in 2003. What do you take away from that? Like, how do you, in terms of it, the brand just being at the right place, right time, were just it was too big of a juggernaut to be ignored in that regard for making a game like this.
0: Well, I can say for myself, and this is a quick aside. Obviously, this uh, this podcast is for everyone. Uh, no matter what. So, I pre- I say that to preface what I'm about to get into. I, myself, am, a- am an African-American male. Uh, and I say that because what I'm about to say would not make any sense without that context. So, in the early 2000s, uh, shall we say it was difficult to be cool uh, if you were not in the hip-hop, right? My man. Uh, I was... I was into hip-hop, however, I FUBU, Rockawear, the velour jumpsuits, all of that, the fashion choices, Tim's, which are a meme now, but the fashion choices sort of escaped me, if you will. So I was, let's just say at the bottom of the pecking order, I got made fun of primarily playing video games. Like, that was my big thing. Like, oh, Young, he's not on the football team. He's not on this because all he's worried about is video games. And truth be told, one time, I will never forget this, uh, riding the bus to school, somebody was like, dude, are you listening to music from the games you play? That's weird. That was how it was back then, you know what I mean? Especially uh, going to public school, fellow uh, culture off woodbankers at the time. But then Def Jam started getting popular. And then the Death Jam Vendetta trailers started playing. I kid you not, all of a sudden, I was interested. All of a sudden, it was, hey, yo, Young, um, yo, you uh, you trying to play the game? It's got Red Band, Method Band. You, you would have that, right? I'm like, of course I do. You have my family every day for playing video games nonstop. It was very interesting that, like, video games at the time, in 2003, were still in that, like, Oh, uh, that's just a television game. They they'll get over it. They'll grow out of it. No, but now it was starting to represent culture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, people would be able to. The commercials would come on, and they go, "Oh, whoa! That that's not uh, Italian plumber jumping in the blocks. That's not some fantastical world that I can explore. That's fictional. Not that. That's me." all of a sudden, video games blended with culture, so then all of a sudden, and again, this is a personal story for me personally, all of a sudden, people that would <laughs> give me the very most difficult times of my life suddenly were able to communicate <clears throat> with me through this medium. And the middle part of it all was music. Because it's like, oh, so do the when, when Death Jam came out, pump it up again, going back to Joe Budden. I was like, you do know I like this song, right? Like, we can communicate about this. And the game was kind of the middleman. I thought that was very interesting. And like uh, Chris said, nowadays, something like that wouldn't happen. It would sound like somebody made up a story to get likes on Instagram. But back in 2003, we were very much still like that culturally, segregated into... These are the dorks. This is what the cool kids do. And hip-hop, at the time, was at the peak of cool. And video games, mm, down at the bottom. Jeff Jam comes out, all of a sudden, oh, we all got something to-, to talk about now. All of a sudden, they're like, yo, should I get it on PlayStation, Xbox, or GameCube? All of a sudden, now, they're like, ah, I don't like this controller. All of a sudden, people that would have no interest in uh, video games have a reason to play. It's like the the two K effect only like before the two K effect was a thing. It was actually Death Jam.
2: True, true. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you um that story gave me flashbacks because I had a similar like a similar growth in high school. Like you, you know, I was kinda like bottom of the barrel. Like here's here's a funny thing, like I had FUBU. I had Fat Farm. I wore a lot of Echo. I you know, I had mad Echo, <laughs> but they that would also find me. Gross. You you would find me every morning in high school playing Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic the Gathering. So even though I'm dressed apart, I gave myself away on a daily basis. <laughs> like <laughs> I had no popularity from over my clothes. There was no hope For the
0: for record, me. for everyone listening, this is the first time I have ever spoken to this man in my life. He has known Chris and uh, we, uh, I believe we're all connected to a mutual friend, Kevin Crawford. So if, uh, if this episode sounds like we're riffing off the cuff, that is true because this is the first time I've heard of this. this is the 1st first... I'm actually looking at uh, Corey's profile on the internet as we speak because this is our first encounter and I can already tell like, oh, we're around the same age, so you know exactly what I was talking about. Why the velour though? Why? The lore bro. Velour. Velour Rock-a-wear.
2: everything. Rock-a-wear. If you didn't
0: have, if you didn't have the lore, you weren't. You You couldn't you even were... walk. Up, you couldn't even sit with a not as popular. You as were nothing. Nothing. Like, maybe uh, look. I will admit, I was you know a little uh, a little privileged. We were uh, decently you know a little upper middle class in my upbringing, but uh. Last time I checked, Brothers in Valor. How is that? How is that G? Early two thousands was a weird time. I don't I know. Tell, I was question. I'm like, wait, why? To what? this
2: day, what, what was the this Velour is... about, though?
0: <laughs> but number, <laughs> this is a soundtrack about video game music. A podcast about video game music, however.
2: <laughs> but here's, but here's the, here's, here's, here's where it kicks off though. We a couple like
0: to be a little open. It's a conversation. You know what I mean? Like we're human. <laughs>
2: But like, here's a crazy <laughs> thing to me though, man. Like, like a couple years later, I did a, a camp counselorship with a friend of mine. It was he was he's like my one of my best friends, and we did it with another kid who was like one of the most popular guys in our school. And we were checking like the newest Naruto manga chapter at the time, and my man comes up to us and he's like, "Oh man, yo, y'all see what Sasuke did?" And we we're just like, hold up, hold, hold every, hold, hold everything up. What? He's like, yeah, man, you be seeing that Sasuke. Y'all, uh, I, I can't say the word, obviously, but you know, you you can imagine what he said, he how he mm-hmm. described. It. Yeah, no, you know that Sasuke. You know he be messing up, leaving the village and ish. I mean, he all right and all. He got the share gone and whatever, but that he's trash. And you know, we're still like, what? What what you 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 read Naruto, yeah man, I've been following since high school. <sighs> Why didn't you say anything? Why would I? Because... Oh. Oh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just just could... alright.
0: I can share a similar story. Which it's actually will tie into Def Jam Vendetta, mind you. Please do. Um, it okay. was, uh, I had a teacher, uh, and I kid you not, the class was just electricity, which we were basically learning how, like, to set up lights and whatnot. In high school, it was an elective. Uh, Mr. Ballard, i do if never forget his name, was a teacher. He was, like, 64, about to be 65. This man was about to retire. So, basically, he didn't care about anything. And when I say you didn't care about anything, I mean like all we did in this class was play like SNES 9X and whatnot. So I, wanting to gain some social points, brought in the PS2. You know, because I figure like everybody thinks I'm a dork anyway. Uh, I know everybody likes to play like 2K. NBA 2K too, actually. That's a whole other conversation. Uh, So I come to class, I hook the PS2 up, and like Final Fantasy X is in the, my bag. Um, I'm trying to be cool and, like, you know, pull out all uh, the latest game, which was actually Def John Vendetta.
2: Nice.
0: And then one of the dudes is like, oh man, yo, Young, you play Final Fantasy X? Dude, uh, that one fight with Seymour, the third one, I can't get past it. I like, should I, and I'm just I'm like, whoa, 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 mind you. To paint a picture again. Well, disclaimer, this is not meant to imply this individual's race uh, denotes his personality, but this was for the time. Let's just say this man um when 50 was talking about the wankster, it- it's him, right? Oof. And I was like, wait a minute, what did you just say to me? And he's just looking at me, he's like, yeah, dude, Final Fantasy X, who doesn't play... I have a PS2, it's like the hottest game out. I'm stuck uh, on the third Seymour fight. And I was like, what? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But you you literally, like, throwing ketchup packets at me because, like, look at this dork reading his Final Fantasy strategy guides. What? What I'm getting at is I, I sincerely believe that video games started to break... Through uh, those, like the stuff that you can't talk about because it would mess up how cool you were. You know what I mean? It's like, like you said with Naruto. Who doesn't like Naruto? But you couldn't talk about it,
2: right? And right.
0: if you were, and, and if you were on top, which at the time in two thousand three, you know, the hip hop, you know, bling bling whatnot. When you were up, 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 that is social suicide. Social suicide. However, when you go home, uh, a after, you know, you take the G-Unit stuff off and you're crying with Titus and Unicus. It's like, you know yeah. what I mean? And you come to school the next day and next thing you know, you know you're tripping me and uh, somebody like me in the hallway or whatnot. Be like, dude, why are you reading a strategy guide for a video game at school? What a loser. Uh, and yo, know, by the way, um, if you change it to like if you get hit, the overdrive meter fills faster. It'd probably pick like, up two more. Yeah, you know a little faster. <laughs> and you know, and I really just think everybody says music is the great connector, right? Like the universal language is music. I would argue that video games, more so than even movies, are that next step in connecting all of us because. Perception is reality. You can watch a movie and how you feel about it, what you saw, how you took it as one thing. However, with a video game, with that hands-on experience, that is universal. That can be shared. At the end of the day, we're holding the same controllers, pushing the same buttons, thinking the same things. And that gives you more of an ability to share an experience, if you will, if, if I'm making sense. hmm so, with that said, though, <laughs> this is funny. It's like, we're talking about, like, uh, the we're supposed to be talking about Deaf and the Jim soundtrack, and, uh, but we're actually talking just about how video games and music uh, can unify and break barriers. And I think culture. that's a good thing, though, yeah, because definitely. when it comes to video games, this is what it will always end up at. I have long said that video games, ever since I was a three-year-old in November of 1990, when my aunt went off to college and was like, I don't want to carry this Nintendo thing, uh, Jordan. leave it for Jordan, and I put an bike Ever since that day, which is... Oh, my God, I'm getting old. 30 years ago. Um... You know, I have said this medium is the best entertainment medium in the world because it's music, it's art, it's design, it's challenge, it's bonding, it's storytelling, it's fiction. Sometimes it's nonfiction. Look at industrial and Vendetta. You are now living out the stuff you could talk about because you cannot tell me... I wasn't alive, like, alive at the time, and I wasn't really that big. But you cannot tell me that brothers didn't sit down on the West Coast and be like, yo, the D-O-double-G would whoop the... just beat the bricks off Tupac if they scrapped. Yeah,
1: you can't you, tell me people yeah. weren't talking about that. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Yeah, 100%. You, can, you, know? you can't tell me that, like, you know, GTA San Andreas and whatnot that people weren't thinking about that at the time, like, yo, West Coast hip-hop yeah. artist? Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And here comes this video game with a lot of hip-hop artists as playable characters, and you can use them to fight each other. Are yeah. you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Even if you're like, these these video games are for dorks and losers, what, uh, you yeah. know the word I want to say, but I'll say, what brother is not going to play that? Even if it's on, yo, I don't play the I don't be messing with no Nintendo dog. But, uh, yo, is that right, man? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely. And given the time, too, with, you know, just West Coast versus East Coast, hip-hop was definitely a topic of discussion, even more so back then than probably it is now at this point. Uh, And on top of it, too, like, for me in particular, coming into the United States in 2001, moving from Brazil to here, I was still getting used to so many things in the u.s in terms of really getting used to what culture was like here and trends and all of the uh like by no means uh in terms of it it was definitely also on the nerdy population side of the fence there but just being a foreigner i guess i kind they're kind of just like oh you're just here for I guess comedic effect or whatever it might be at the time Um, Mm. life was fine in that regard nothing too crazy but for me for the most part in terms of my video game playing if people ask sure I tell them if not I just keep it to myself in that regard but playing through Def Jam Vendetta I can really say that this was possibly the first like full-fledged hip-hop video game that was put out in the market because just the way it was presented The way it came across, just everything about it had, you know, Def Jam stamp and their artists, their music, the clothing styles, and just it was kind of a odd crash course into what hip hop culture was like at the time for somebody like me who didn't really even know much about the genre to begin with. So, thinking back to those times and just thinking back to the tracks in particular that they decided to put in this first game, I mean... They're immediately kind of kicking you in the gear with uh, DMOP ba- basically running down the plot of the game, which is basically, yeah, there's this underground fighting club, these are my best soldiers, I'm the guy to beat kind of thing, to DMX's intro, which is still one, like in terms uh, of like, beats, yeah, right. like in terms of beats, intro still goes very, very hard, especially for the decade in which it was released but then as you mentioned Corey you have like two more DMX songs that were put into which were his hits off of It's Dark and Hell is Hot which was uh, X Go and Give It To You and uh, Party Up as well being the other uh, ones
2: well,
1: you have.
2: well Party okay. Up wasn't Party Up wasn't on no wait it wasn't my bad my bad it was was it?
1: I leave off the top of my head that it was part of it as well but I'll double check that while we've Cause... got this
2: because I think, because I know it was like where my dog's at.
1: Oh, no, no, you're right. That party up was from, and then there was X in 99. So this was right, before right. So they basically just threw that in with the newer stuff, obviously. Um, but then on top of it as well, too, you had, you know, um, Scarface and Cold Blood being represented. Uh, Method Men, yep. Met Men and Red Men. Yep, Method Men and Red Men with, um, uh-huh. uh huh, what was it, Smash Something as well? Smash
2: yeah. Something and, um, uh, Method Man's song... I can't even remember the name of it now. Was it
1: Bring the Pain?
2: No, Bring the Pain was it, but Method Man had actually two songs.
1: Yeah, Uh-huh would have been the other one.
2: That's I it, Uh-huh. Because that yep. plays during um, the tag team finals when Method Man and Red Man are like, yo, Red, you see what I see? Yeah, I see what you see. I see full body get hit. Kid. Yeah.
1: You yep. know. That sort of thing, absolutely. Uh, But again, and then... Of course, we have to acknowledge that this was, like, the one game in which we realized Keith Murray existed. Uh, hilariously enough, he got Savage. fired. Like, <laughs> wow. I mean,
0: I mean So just, cold.
1: He, he, he was my jo- go-to jobber in that game. I'm sorry. Just... Keith
0: Murray had a... It was Oh My Goodness,
1: right? Yes. And then, mm-hmm.
0: like, there's, like, a You Know It. that was, I think that's Keith Murray, right? With the Red Man?
1: I, th- yeah, I think, uh... I think it was something like that for Murray, but I yeah. know he had two songs in that particular bit.
2: Uh, he and Joe Budden and Keith Murray were, I believe, two of the newer artists in Def Jam.
1: At the time. So that's
2: why they were uh, especially um, focused on in this game, because they were two of the new, newer upper coming artists.
1: True, but let's not underestimate it either. I mean, as we mentioned, DMX was there, Method Man and yeah, yeah, yeah. Luda was there as well too, which is
2: like they were they were mixed. Like Luda was there, but nobody really you didn't really need to feature Ludacris because he was like getting a lot of steam in two thousand one, two thousand two. Like around this time, Ludacris is on the high. DMX is well known, Method Man is well known. Let's throw them on the album on on the uh, soundtrack for this game. We need to make Joe Budden and Keith Murray like more important as because they're newly signed artists. Keith Murray's on Death Squad with a, uh, I think Eric Sermon and Redman. Yeah, Man?
1: Mm-hmm. If it was Eric Sermon for sure. I don't remember who else was in it with him. Though. It was
2: it was Eric Sermon, Redman, and Keith Murray, I believe, for Death Squad. And Joe Budden's doing his own thing for his debut album.
1: And then I know
0: enemy they had, had Public a Enemy too. Yeah, they did.
2: Yeah, they did.
0: Which, fun fact, Like Public Enemy would then go on to have a song in the WWE SmackDown games. So it's like tit-for-tat, which is pretty interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just thinking about it, too, with the tracks. And re- really, in terms of it, for those who haven't played Def Jam Vendetta that are out there, a lot of these tracks, they played through the menu portion, but then you had... Funkmaster master flex basically acting as the MC throughout the entirety of the fights and basically playing like your uh uh instrumentals of it in most of the fights so i mean for most of the sign artists they would have you know their main feature song in the uh track playing on the background so dmx had intro for him uh for joe bundy would have been in this case pump it up um what was it for Luda specifically? That's the one that I'm trying to recall off the top of my head right now. Uh, uh, go, go figure. Uh, I'm the guy who's supposed to do his research here, and yet I'm drawing blanks all of a sudden. <laughs> well, you know what they always say. You've got a friend of me,
0: one of the greatest songs ever made. And when it comes to the song you're thinking of with Ludacris, mm-hmm. are you ready for it? Yeah. Pause. Five, four, three, two, one. What if I told you that there wasn't a ludicrous song in Death Can Vendetta?
2: There is.
1: What? Huh. No. Interesting that he was just basically just there, represented as a character and mm. part of it. But wow, because he's—you
0: are probably thinking about. The song um, that was Scarface and Cold Blood, possibly.
1: Yeah, I mean we definitely knew that because Scarface was featured in right. the game as well too. Public um,
0: Enemy and then, and then a Red Man, that's Smash something. And then you, you know, also Onyx. had,
1: yeah, Onyx. I believe it uh, Onyx might have been the I guess in that case the one that was Ghostface really... Killer
0: was on the soundtrack. Yeah, and actually that you had that dub C with Snoop and Nate Dogg. Yeah.
2: yeah, the streets. I say the streets,
0: which is. But no, in Death Jam Vendetta, there is not a track by cool. Luda.
2: Right, right. He's the only person you face where there's his music doesn't play. You know, everybody else you face, like you face Scarface, and Cold Blood plays, plays Dmx, aha, where my dog's at. plus Keith Murray, it's Matt. You face them all, but for Ludacris, I don't remember what plays when you face Ludacris. But it's like.
1: Something else entirely. Yeah, it's just interesting, though, that, you know, he gets his own club with Club Luda as a stage on that, but just not a featured track. Because, I mean, if you think about it, too, uh, Nori and Capone had their own tracks as well, too. Nori having a separate track, and then you have the CNN-MOP joint track as well, too, which was very, very good for... In, in, terms of us, yeah, in terms of something to just beat people up with, I guess that's as good of an anthem to go to as any. But.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What I also, about that actually, you mentioned Ludacris the Hive of the Song of
0: the Game. That is what I believe holds, is holding us back now from doing this again. Music licensing is the most complex thing that I have ever studied. And one time I got bored and started studying astrophysics, so trust me when I tell you, music licensing is the biggest spiders web, biggest maze there is. So I asked myself in this a time where like the I hate the saying. I truly do hate the saying, you know, my future is my past, but the video game industry is big on that currently. These games are kinda like locked to their platforms and re-release is virtually impossible strictly due to the fact of the music being used which is probably why looters couldn't even get a song in the game but at the same time I think that's kind of cool right because these games get to literally become relics of that kind in the culture like if these everybody talks about oh I wish they made more games like this now I don't think it would be as special as it was. If you were to somehow get the licenses right and re-release or patch up these games like a lot of people ask for, it's cool, but it's like that part of hip-hop culture was 20 years ago. It's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think these games, due to copyright being stuck, where they are, there is zero chance of any remasters, remakes, re releases, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. It almost makes them more, to use an overused word, iconic, because they, are, because they are genuinely artifacts of that time period.
2: I mean, the only people who, on this original roster, the only people who, who are still signed with Def Jam. I think are DMX and... I mean, when you get down to it, like, the only people who are still part of Tef Jam I think are DMX and... Uh, <laughs> that's that's the noise I have to make because I, th- I think only DMX is still signed and his career has since flushed. Ludacris does movies. Uh, Method Man and Redman, I... Believe they are either independent or they just do songs with like Wu Tang, like once in a whiles. Right. Like it's the whole list, basically of, of the original stars here. They really aren't attached to Def Jam by name, anyway. Joe Budden has his own podcast where he's just a grumpy old man.
0: Mm-hmm. People say Joe Budden is the Howard Stern of hip hop. I found that astoundingly hilarious.
2: That's that's certainly a take.
1: that's that that is
2: certainly a take that happened
0: yeah but
1: i would say as you guys mentioned the biggest takeaway at this point for sure is it's a game that is has existed for almost 20 years at this point we're a couple of years away from hitting that mark officially but the very fact that it was you know Iconic in terms of bringing hip-hop, pro-wrestling and just all these different facets of culture at the time together into a package that not only was consumable but while, you know, a critically acclaimed even more so with Def Champ F- 5 for New York which is arguably its own separate uh, topic of conversation just based on the music choices for that alone mm. uh, given that it expanded on the roster and all of that but just it, it's hard to believe that in all the attempts that have been made since uh to you know blend hip-hop culture with video games whether that's through more licensing or specific games such as you know 50 attempting to have his own video game at a certain point or another two a couple of years down the uh, line there Bulletproof. the proof. yep um and just all these different facets of it it just i don't think it's something that wouldn't have happened without uh death for vendetta having been a thing and having been a successful thing on top of that which I, i'd say if there was that ever a takeaway uh, that might be it if anything mm-hmm. but just off the top of my head here uh No, we didn't really prepare a whole lot for this, but it is just interesting from the perspective of looking at the times and just everything that this particular game eventually brought along with it as well, which we felt was a reason to just sort of discuss it. So do you guys have any other kind of closing thoughts before we wrap this one up? Well, I, I do want to say one thing, though. Yeah, sure.
0: I think it's very interesting that they took the time to flesh out the story mode so much in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, they really sat down and took you through, you know, your character, you make them up, and what uh, It's been almost 20 years, but if I'm not mistaken, you're like you like a discharged soldier. Right? Yeah, you have four like, different
1: choices, Like There's a spider, yeah. Yeah.
0: You, there, and I just remember going through the story mode and when I would be back in high school, you know, school and whatnot, people would be talking more about, like, the twists and turns in the story than even playing the game and the action and the moves and whatnot. And that made an impact on me as a, you know, young African-American teenager because I time I was like, okay, so I'm not out there I'm not as loon as these. they say I am everybody feels these emotions like everybody's captivated boom 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 and we're having this culture that pretty much says this is what you do and if you're not this you ain't nothing and I just remember Def Jam Vendetta being kind of like a the fact if pro wrestling and hip hop can meet in the middle and be a video game that everyone from the Depth Elf, Laura Rockaway, FUBU, Tims, Boom Boom Boom, Culture of the Time, G and the Chain would sit down and talk to the people that were playing we didn't have Yu Gi Oh cards. I mean like we weren't that lame in my high school. I'm kidding. I'm not making it. But I am on the while. But uh you know, just to see them kind of come together through this game, and I know that almost sounds like I'm going back and romanticizing it, but no, I'm genuinely not. Christiana High School, 2001 to 2005. It's even in the yearbook. One of our, uh, one of the football guys is literally sitting there playing Magic the Gathering his senior year with one of the kids he used to bully because he plays video games. Started, got a GameCube because of Death Jam, and then he got mad that songs were missing in the sequel, so it got the PS2 version. That's a whole personal story, too, but it just made me realize, like, okay, this gaming thing, I don't have to grow out of it. As a matter of fact, it may even get bigger. This can be part of my identity. It can Because, hey, it's got the hip-hop music people like. It's got action... And most of all, it's got recognizable characters. What other medium would be able to deliver something that covers every base? Let's be honest. How many people really watched Get Rich or Die Trying, 50s movie? Exactly. But how many (laughs) should you play Def Jam Vendetta?
2: Quite a many people.
0: Exactly. People that could care less about hip-hop culture wouldn't watch uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, And people that were hood bad word. Still didn't even watch the movie because it was dumb. Everybody played Def Jam, though. Video games are just that connective tissue and looking back on it, it's like this game, its legacy is just the fact that it happened but I think it's got a bigger legacy. I think the legacy of this game showed that all those things, those thoughts that cross through your head, if there's one medium where everybody can meet in the middle no matter what you uh... What your click is, what your class is, it's video games. And Def Jam Vendetta is, like, the best example of that. Damn, I love video games. Sorry, I get into this stuff. It's kind of my whole life.
1: Yeah, no, man, it's all good. And, Corey, anything else that you want to add in as well?
2: Yeah, you? I will. Um, one of the craziest things to me when you, like, look at Def Jam, I mean... Yes, it's it's a connective tissue because it, it combines wrestling and, and, and hip-hop and video games and this whole, like, conceptualization that comes together and kind of blends. And this is, like, during the same time as Need for Speed Underground and, like I said, Fast and the Furious. I mean, if you really look at Briggs, he kind of looks like Paul when he's, like, unshaven. Just kind of, like, stare at it long enough and you kind of see it. It's kind of creepy. Um One one of the craziest things to me is like when you look at some of the uh, the characters that you fight through the game, not the rappers, but the like actual characters. It's kind of like a who's who of odd wrestling gimmicks. Like for example, um, I believe Iceberg for he's he's like he's like wrestling pimp or or Dan G, He does the whole like. Dancing, full breakdancing too cool bit. There's Chuckles who's basically like a wrestling crown clown or Ari who's like a Russian wrestler. You know, like all these little like bits and pieces of like basically wrestling gimmicks. And I I, I attach that because of um, <laughs> very recently Def Jam put like out that whole tweet of where we'd like to see Def Jam, Fight Next, There's there's been no mention since, but I think they could, a Def Jam game could be possible if they just brought back, like, a similar story, similar vibe, they would only, they would have to, like, file off all the wrestler all the rappers, basically, except to see who they could bring as guest stars. But it could be done if you just replace some of the rappers who won't want to reappear for similar but not the same type characters, maybe. Like, the same and all but name, basically. Like, if you guys know, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, definitely so. Uh, but I do think, specifically, if Def Jam are going to be the ones tackling that, not only is it a situation where now uh they would have to just you know go from who they've got signed to bring into these games as part of the roster but i think also the the discography in fact would have to be up to par to what it was then but then also like twice as much now because nowadays when it comes to video games more often than not we do have an expectation in terms of uh you know what something on a specific genre could sound uh, you know could sound like or what we we would like to see if it's just going to be you know selections of different songs and if it's Def Jam in that situation you want them to bring their heavy hitters to the fold. I think anything that doesn't cover that just it uh, makes it not worth really tackling it at that point if anything. So I guess the biggest conclusion that we can take away from this is that even to this day we're still discussing you know possibilities and what they could do if they decided to uh you know try for one more of these after icon didn't pan out anywhere near the way that they thought that it would have all those years ago uh it it just shows that it left a pretty lasting legacy even if it's uh kind of an outdated one Mm -hmm. and with that said, just again, uh want to thank everybody for listening in to this particular third episode. I know we kind of went off the cuff a couple of times, but culture, video games, music, it all kind of came together on this one. So uh, just to go through our end plugs here before we wrap this one up. You can find this particular podcast uh, going forward at any point at www.notlg.com. That's Night of the Living Geeks, uh, just abbreviated. You can follow our particular uh, podcast on Twitter, at Sounds on Sticks. Uh, You can follow my personal Twitter, that's at Brazilian Fury. Jordan doesn't have any social media, don't try to follow him. For one, uh, he just isn't about that life. Uh, But for you, Corey, specifically, where can people find you at?
2: Um you will, you can find me at an upcoming uh YouTube channel. Well, you can find me on Twitter uh Cash the Quick K A S H T H E K W I K. That's the same name and the same in the ha- in the uh, Twitter handle. I'm editing that Twitter as we go. But yeah, you can find me there.
1: Perfect. For us, uh, podcasting-wise, you can subscribe to uh, Night of the Living Geeks over on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also rate and review us, as well as all of the other plethora of podcasts under the uh, Night of the Living Geeks umbrella. You can also head on over to nltlgspreadshirt.com to preview the many fine wares that we have on that store, such as the We Get It, You Have a Podcast t-shirt amongst many other fine selections from various other shows. Uh, just the We Get It, You Have a Podcast one is a particular favorite because, yeah, that would fit me to a friggin' tee at this point. with two or three different ones uh, at this juncture of my life Uh, you can also uh, go ahead and support Soundtracks on the Sticks as well as any of the other uh, Night of the Living Geeks uh, podcasts by becoming a Patreon you can go do that at patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G Uh, again just want to thank Jordan and Corey for being on with me for this one and this has been your third episode of Soundtracks on the Sticks thank you all so much and we'll see you next time